0: We all know the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, eating the forbidden fruit and being cursed forever as a result of it. Do we really know this story? We're going to be talking with Professor Jack Levison of Perkins School of Theology at SMU, and we'll be learning more about this story and clearing up some of our misconceptions. Stay tuned for Good God. Welcome to Good God, conversations that matter about faith and public life. I'm your host, George Mason, and I'm delighted to welcome back to the program, Jack Levison. Jack teaches Old Testament interpretation and Hebrew Bible at the Perkins School of Theology at SMU. And he is my friend and uh, a great uh, gift to the church. So thank you for being here with us again, Jack. Good to have you with us. You're welcome. Good. Thanks, George. So the first episode, Uh, that we uh, filmed together, the conversation we had was on one of the major um, emphases of your scholarship and that is the Holy Spirit. Uh, but when you were actually just getting started, uh, doing your PhD, uh, you you wrote on the story of Adam and Eve, and uh, the the work that you did uh, with a little known but highly influential text called the Life of Adam and Eve, which was a a, a Jewish uh, what we call intertestamental uh, piece of, of writing, uh, and uh, I, I think it's. There's so many ways to go with this, but the story of Adam and Eve is so fascinating to all of our religions and to the way we interpret that in our faith traditions. Let's just dive in and talk about Adam and Eve. Most people think they already know the story. They don't even have to go back to read it in Genesis. But my goodness, we take so much to our reading of it that we, we almost can't hear what the text itself says that's right so tell us the story uh, over again and tell us where we go wrong uh, in interpreting it that's oh a big, how fun. big question i know, I know right My only 30 gracious. minutes okay. Yeah, i'll try to
1: make this brief okay um, basically we do not have adam and eve from the start we have a man who is placed in a garden somewhere in the middle east in the story yes in Eden, where all the rivers converge, belly of the earth. And he is told to take care uh, of the garden. And then God sees that it's not good that that man should be alone. And that man is called Adam, which can mean, as you know, either man or human, yes, or Adam. Earthling. Earthling, yeah, so it's not necessarily a proper name yet. So the earthling is put in the earth, Um, made from the earth Mm -hmm. to be in charge of the garden and he's alone and it's not good and God sees that it's it's not good that the man Adam should be alone so begins to parade all the animals in front of Adam and Adam realizes the porcupine would not be a good mate and the giraffe would certainly not be a good mate and so uh, God uh, puts Adam asleep and takes out of Adam's side uh, someone else Adam mm-hmm. wakes up and says, "Oh my goodness, she is woman because she's from man in the Hebrew she's Isha because she's from ish, and they are naked and unashamed, yes and they are together, mm-hmm. and the man will actually leave his house to join the woman. it says it becomes sort of a the basis of An interesting kind of marriage where the man leaves and joins the woman. But we'll Uh go there another time. Yes. And then the serpent begins to talk. Mm -hmm. And the man and the woman are together. And the serpent begins to talk to them and to raise doubt, the seeds of doubt. Did God really say? God didn't say that you would die on that day. And raises the seeds of doubt. And the woman begins to talk to the serpent. And the man is standing there but does not intervene. And then the woman, of course, takes of the notorious fruit, eats the fruit, and not everything necessarily begins the to- the apple. Yeah. It's not an apple, right. no, yeah. it's, it's well, not an apple, yes. yeah. Uh, the makers of palm juice thought it was a pomegranate. They yes. had this uh, censured, uh-huh. um, wonderful uh, advertisement, very very sensual advertisement, it's no longer, no longer allowed to be seen that it was a pomegranate. And so um, everything begins to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And God comes into the garden in the cool, it's actually the wind of the day, Mm -hmm. the ruach of the day, and begins to ask them where they are. Adam, where are you? Adam, the man, blames the woman Mm -hmm. for what happened. The woman blames the serpent for what happened. Mm -hmm. And then uh, God essentially allows the consequences to unfold. They're interpreted as curses, but they're really consequences of this breaking of all the relationships. And so the serpent which had apparently hands and everything, will be on its belly and eat dust. Mm-hmm. The woman will have pain in childbirth and will be will have a deep desire for her husband and he will rule over her. And then the man will have pain, same word, pain, um, as he eats the bread that he's toiled
0: for, yes, and then they're expelled from the garden. That's awfully long, but that's the story. All right, so now let's get into some of the places where we have perhaps taken this story into dangerous territory for us, into ways that have had unnecessary consequences. Oh, yeah. Right, so take for instance the creation of the woman from the man to begin with. You say that the text says that God looked upon the animals and did not find a mate uh, who was right for Adam. And so God made the woman from the man and he looks at her and says, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. So the first thing that we see there is that it is not her unlikeness. Exactly. It is her likeness yeah. to him, the sameness, the unlikenesses between them together and the animal world. And yet, in so much contemporary theology, oh. we have what's called nowadays complementarianism, which is to say, uh, men and women are fundamentally different from one another and therefore have different roles. They are equal in dignity, it's said, but they are different in roles and they are stacked in a hierarchy. That's not in the text, is it, Jack? No, you have to read this
1: through other texts yes. which you've interpreted, typically the letters of Paul yes. to find that in the text. Let's, let's take a step back. Yes. Before she's made, God makes what's called in Hebrew, you know this, an edzer, Tenecto, right which gets translated in the King James, I think, as a helpmate, helpmate. Which, right. of course, we think of as a helper, daddy's little helper, little assistant, that kind of thing. Until you look up the Hebrew word, word searches matter, and you look up Edzer every other place in the Bible. I think almost without exception, or without exception, it's God. God, 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 is God delivers right. us. God is our help in yes. trouble, right. and usually it's in battle. Yes, and so. The word used of the woman before she's ever on the scene is the word typically used of God in battle, helping those who are embattled. So even before she's on the scene, she's not an assistant.
0: She is Eve, the warrior princess. She is (laughs) Eve,
1: the warrior princess. She is a mighty woman going to rescue Adam from something. So the first thing before she's on the scene, she's an Edzer Konegdo like God. The second thing, as soon as he sees her, he doesn't say, I got to get my, you know, men are from women are from Venus and men are from Mars book and have God sign it. Right. He notices similarity, yes. bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Right. I'm even going to call her Isha because she's some Ish. And then they're naked and unashamed. Right. So the, the differences do not make them despise each other. Yes. And then what it says is, for this reason, a man will leave his own house and join with the woman. Right so it's a reversal of what right. we do so i always teased my undergrad saying why would the woman take the man's name mm-hmm. when in fact it was the man leaving his house to take the woman's oh my goodness. life there you on. Go. so all of genesis 2 is either deliverance by the woman equality between man and woman the man he leaves what he knows to join the woman, and all of this, of course, in the light of Genesis 1, where male and female are created in the image of God. There is right. dead downright equality in Genesis 2. Yes. Genesis 3 is when the problem begins.
0: Okay, well, before we get to Genesis 3, let's stay in Genesis 1 and 2, and go back to another place where we have challenges with this, and that is, uh, let's start with gender itself. So we are in an era now when people are asking you know uh, how do we identify male and female are they absolute categories right Right. and so when we're talking about transgender persons today for example uh, this is a very challenging Mm -hmm. thing to people who have grown up with a biblical understanding that you are either male or you are female yeah it's one of those two things and you come out presenting one way or another, anatomically, and that's who you are. And they use the Adam and Eve story to say so, in, and even before that in Genesis 1, that God created them male and female. Right. By the way, male and female, not male or female, right. uh, which is also something that happens when Paul says, uh, we are no longer have slave nor free, Jew, Gentile or Jew, Male and and female, female, not male or female. It's very interesting. And so there is a kind of gender fluidity in the text that maybe I'm reading too much into it. But, you know, when when it says that God created day and night, we seem to be very comfortable with the idea that there could also be dawn and dusk, Mm. that there could be twilight, and we don't have to have a strict contrast at the poles of day and night. When it comes to gender, on the other hand, uh, we have to in some way from a biblical standpoint. What do you make of that?
1: I've never thought of the day and night. That's that's really lovely, yeah. Um, On the one hand, um, I think bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, ish, ishah. I mean, they're just the same Hebrew word with the feminine ending, ish and ishah. I mean, it's not even a different word right. in Hebrew. So there is this very, there is this much more uh, overlap between mm-hmm. the, the male and female. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side is that I, Genesis 2 seems to be, in my opinion, working in a different direction as well by flipping marriage. Uh-huh. That I, I honestly think in Genesis 2, uh-huh. it's creating a, an imaginary world in which there wasn't the man ruling the woman, the male being able to give a bill of divorce to a woman in Israel, the man determining the woman's fate, that there was once a time, once upon a time, Mm -hmm. women and men we're together, uh-huh. and, and so you could probably expand that into a world in which gender wasn't deeply bifurcated, there yes. wasn't a deep dichotomy. Yes. But, but it end, Genesis 2 does end with a man leaves, it's kind of a, the origin of marriage, but it's flipped marriage. That's so fascinating. It's flipped marriage. It
0: is. Okay, now before we get too much uh, further down uh, this trail of thought, let's just stop and say the creation of this imaginary world uh, some people... Not unreal, but imaginary. Not un- okay, well, I think that's an important thing. Not unreal, thing, but so imaginary. So the people are saying, oh, well, you don't believe in the real Garden of Eden or that the real the Adam real and real Eve. That is the real world. It is the real world. We but have it's, lost. it's sort of the difference between um, uh, something being uh, people thinking that something has to be literally or historically so in order for it to be true. And what you're saying here. Uh, if we read between the lines of what you just said, is there was a purpose to the writing of this that came after the experience of brokenness? Yes. That yeah. wanted to go back and say, this isn't the way it was supposed to be at the yes. beginning. Yes. And you start right there with the
1: way it's supposed to be. Right. Right. It's supposed to be Ish Isha, it's supposed to be where women are the edzer the deliverer it's supposed to be where men leave and join their wives yes we don't have that world anymore right that's what it was supposed to be
0: okay um and 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 when you say men leave and, and and join their wives again we're already into language here only of adam and eve not Adam and Steve, as some say. Yeah, and I yeah. think we need to. I think we need to unwind that a little bit too, because, again, if we go back to the kinship argument, uh, its sameness before its difference, and is this uh, text being pr- descriptive of what is normally so, or prescriptive of what must be so, and. Hold that thought because we're gonna come back from the break. I'm gonna tease you on that one. We're gonna come back from the break and and talk about that. Okay, thank you. Okay. Thank you for continuing to tune in to Good God. These conversations are part of a larger program that is called Faith Commons, the umbrella organization, you might say, of Good God. Good God is the first project of Faith Commons which is a nonprofit organization that is intended to do public theology, you might say. Uh, It's multi-faith, not just Christian, Jewish, Muslim, other faiths, but all of them becoming involved in the question of how do we promote the common good together. There are so many areas of need and concern in our community and Faith Commons is trying to help bridge the gaps uh, between religions and peoples in our community so that we can have a more just and peaceful society. Thanks for continuing to support us. We're back with Jack Levison, talking about Adam and Eve, the biblical story, and trying to um, work through what's actually there, rather than all the things that we have brought to it and think we see there, aren't really there. And we just left off in this conversation, Jack, talking about uh, whether Adam and Eve, uh, the man shall leave his father and mother be joined to his wife, and so it's the man and his wife. Uh, You say uh, that that actually is a critique of the patriarchalism of a man ruling over his wife and the woman always going to the man's house it really flips it doesn't it it, yes. it, it and, and and it flips it in a way of saying it should be like this not like the way we were experiencing it that's right right yeah so is it reading into the text only what we want i don't think for example that uh, that the the Genesis writers were trying to make a case for same-sex marriage. Okay, let me be clear about that. Yes, obviously. All yes. right. This was not their world. This was not their world. However, just as you say, wait a minute, they were trying to undermine the cultural norm here that was oppressive of women, and were, there was a power dynamic involved in this, Similarly, could we not read this notion of a human covenantal relationship between the man and the woman and say that there is room for the kinship of male and male, female and female in those kind of roles as long as the power dynamic is not present where, for example, so often in uh, war, uh, rape is a way Mm -hmm. of dehumanizing a male. In other words, a a, Mm -hmm. a, a sodomy becomes a way of trying to reduce the dignity of an enemy and things of that nature. And so if we're we're looking at what is wholesome and what is real, it's not just about, well, we violated the male-female bond with same-sex relationships. Isn't it really this power dynamic that is most crucial in the conversation? You think about the so-called curses in yes. Genesis 3. Mm-hmm. What
1: is the curse of the woman? You will be passionate for your man. Yes. And what will he do? He will rule over mm-hmm. you. If that's not a power dynamic, yes. I don't know what right. is. Right. So the world we live in, we're an Israelite, we're mm-hmm. an American. Yes. And the world we live in is that the man rules over the woman yes. as part of the curse. Yes. What's our way out? Well, male and female are the image of God. Woman is the deliverer, the edzer. Woman and man, ish, ishah. A woman leaves her husband. But underlying that to your question, George, is this is a power dynamic. Yes. He will rule over you. Right. Right. So this is not so much a gender dynamic as a power dynamic. Yes. And I think you can say then what's going on when the man leaves his household to to go join the woman is a reversal of the power dynamic. Good. So same sex whatever, the power dynamic right. has to be beneficial and good so that someone wants to leave and join the other. Yes. It cannot be coercion, it cannot be ruling, it cannot be hierarchical, patriarchal or matriarchal even right. for that matter, I think. If, so if that's in, what you're saying. It
0: is, and so moving into this question of, uh, of gender roles in marriage and in society, here we have a consequence of reading Adam and Eve and the so-called fall story, which is you know the eating of the the fruit in the garden. Uh, and th- there's there's really no such thing biblically as a fall, no. uh, but nonetheless, the consequences that you speak of, or the curses, as more popularly understood, uh, end up with a theology of some people in the church saying that the man ruling over the woman is actually her salvation that if 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 he if he does it correctly uh, if he does it kindly and gently but nonetheless with strength uh and if she is properly submissive to him then and only then will society be ordered in the way god intends it to be and then they will be blessed that seems to be enfranchising forever the consequences of sin and uh, and, and what's wrong with creation, not reversing it. Uh, so, isn't the 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 freedom is to go back to the creation rather than to the consequences of of, of sin?
1: Yes. It- And in fact, if you look at the consequences, Mm -hmm. what happens to a man? You will have thorns and thistles. Well, I... I i think if you took the broad swath of america that's on farms they would say we try not to grow thorns and thistles we do everything we can to undo that curse so that we can grow lovely good corn lovely and the same thing an epidural is not a bad thing during birth right right you know you you don't say oh it's a woman's job to have pain in childbirth right let's let's accentuate that pain let's put her in an uncomfortable position you know no, you try to make her comfortable, right. and sometimes you give her some things to really make it comfortable. Right. So, in most of the curses, we uh. try to undo them. Right. Why then would, would we try to instantiate
0: the rule of man? Yes, yes. It's inconsistent. It is, it is. And even when we look at work itself, for instance, why is it that we, you know, the the, the issue is not that work is... A consequence of of sin, it's that we experience it as toil. Yeah. Right. That sweat. Work. As sweat. Hearts. So,
1: but same word as the birth is same Hebrew word for pain. Right. The woman's pain of bio-
0: childbirth is our pain. Right. In eating bread. So that so if we're to think about what the goal should be, the goal is not that we f- we work 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 and have all of this uh, work life period and then we retire so that we are not tired anymore. That is to say, mm-hmm. we stop working, and we all know that when we stop working and retire, we begin to die, mm-hmm. we begin to decline, because our created nature does involve still work. Mm-hmm. Uh, still involve, but, but the healing of that is that we, we don't experience it in the burden of it, right. but in the integrated nature of uh, the joy of our created being. Right, mm-hmm. so, um, so let's talk about another aspect sure. of how we get it wrong. So for example, <laughs> uh, from the, the life of Adam and Eve. Yeah. Uh, the serpent. The serpent is Satan, of course, right? Or? Uh, yeah, it, it,
1: certainly in Genesis there is no Satan. Exactly. But in my, this Jewish text that I study, it may be Christian, right. but it's probably Jewish. Uh-huh. It's, it, there's a whole drama right. that Satan is jealous of what Adam and Eve eat. Mm -hmm. And paradise has a wall around it. So Satan goes to the serpent and said, I wanna trap them. Uh And so the serpent says, oh, we better not. God will be angry with me, but gives in anyway. And so then the serpent droops over the wall where Eve is standing alone away from Adam. And Satan speaks through the serpent to trick Eve. None of that is biblical.
0: Not none, none of it is is biblical. Now let's talk about what biblical is. Biblical is the agreed upon sense of the community, first of the Israelite uh, community, the the, um, uh, the the people of Israel who became who we came, later came to know as Jews, uh, and made the judgment that some books were in. And some mm-hmm. books were not. And then similarly, uh, the, the early church made a judgment about the Christian scriptures and also what books of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, would be included. So there were many other writings. And they yes. they played a role because they could. They were in the library. They, they were in whatever um, common resource the people had at the time so they were influential in the way the canonical books were read but they were also determined not to be the authorized way of reading the story of life and yet how influential a book like the life of adam and eve is in our reading of of that text
1: yeah when i teach genesis in classes at perkins at smu uh, we take children's Bibles. Yes. And we read the children's Bible stories. Yes. And invariably in the children's Bibles, there's uh, not always Satan, but usually Satan is there, which right. is not in Genesis. Yes. Eve is, Adam is nowhere to be seen. In one of them, it says, Oh, and Satan found the perfect time to tempt Eve when she was sitting alone in the cool of the day in the garden. Yes. But in the biblical, in Genesis, The man and woman are right there together yes in the children's bibles she she takes the fruit to adam Uh in in genesis they're right there he eats it right alongside her but all of this comes from this life of adam and eve text not from the biblical text so somehow we've drunk deep of a later interpretation that introduced Satan, that separated Eve from Adam, right. and that made it a seduction of Adam
0: rather than just a giving of the fruit. And that's not in Genesis. Well, in the whole idea of temptation being um, something about crossing a boundary that should not be crossed uh, is is itself dubious in the text, in the, it seems to me, because the, the, the word of the serpent is uh, that you will be like God. And, uh, to, to, and, and it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So another way of reading that is this sense of God having put in us a desire to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, to be enlightened, to have a share in this divine knowledge uh, that otherwise we would not have. And it's God who put in us curiosity Mm -hmm. uh, to learn and to grow. And, And for us to say, no, you're simply supposed to stay where you are, not try to push the boundaries of knowledge not get beyond yourself, just leave it all to God is not actually the way we should be reading a text like that. When their eyes were opened, there's a sense in which they are now actually not just in a fallen state, but they are in they are experiencing uh, the intent of God for them to grow and to change and to understand things, and yet uh, in our Christian tradition at least, there's often a kind of anti-intellectual trend that goes with this uh, be be fearful of knowing too much. Mm -hmm. What do you make of that?
1: Josephus, uh, the first century Jewish historian, actually did see The eating of the fruit as a positive, as the gaining of wisdom. Mm -hmm. So there are Jewish, early Jew, very early Jewish interpreters Mm -hmm. interpreters for whom this is a a positive. Mm -hmm. Um, I struggle with it in the sense that they were allowed to have the tree of life, but they wanted to have the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Uh So these, of course, these are all sorts of source questions. Where do these trees come from? But. Can you have life without the knowledge of good and evil? Is it full life? So I think that the presence of two trees in the garden really does raise the specter of what's the value of knowledge? Can there be knowledge that doesn't bring life? Or does knowledge invariably bring life? You're kind of implying that knowledge brings life. And I would suggest that maybe knowledge illicitly gained does not bring life. Ah, okay. you know, right. I, the problem is not so much, I think, their knowledge, but th- where they get it from. Okay. They, they, uh, it's not that they're even doubting God. I mean, there's all right. sorts going on there, but that serpent who's the most wise, you know, they're, they're naked, the words are almost exactly, a room in a room, they're yes. naked and the serpent is wise, and it's almost yes. exactly the same, it's a play on words. Wow. And And so the serpent is wise, but they listen to the serpent. And apparently God is walking in the cool of the day in those right. days, but they listen to the serpent instead. Right. So for me, it might be the source of knowledge is the problem okay. more than the knowledge itself. So or I would maybe, affirm
0: what you say, but- Or, or uh, maybe it could be easy knowledge rather than hard-won knowledge that acknowledges the limitations of our human existence.
1: Yes. Yeah, uh, I mean, you said it in the sermon that swords into plowshares. Yes. it's easy to kill. Yes, it's really hard nice. to cultivate. Exactly. And I think there is some knowledge that's cheaply found.
0: Where's that's my right.
1: phone? That's right. There it is. There's my knowledge. There are my data. There's my done. information. I'm done. I got it. But cultivating wisdom and life.
0: There it is. Why didn't
1: they go to that? you know, I guess they weren't, yeah, they were allowed to eat of the tree of life right. until they're expelled. Right. Why weren't they going
0: for that tree? Nice, nice. You know? All right. Well, Jack, we can are we go done? on and on all day. I'm afraid we are. We're, we're just, expelled. We're expel me. That's expel, expelled from the garden. East Here of George Mason. Uh, yeah, right. East okay. of the good God. It's been fantastic yeah, visiting with you. Thank, you. Thank so you so much for your scholarship, for your spirit. And I mean that in all the ways that the spirit can be understood uh, because it's clearly uh, present within you. And thank you so much. Thank Jack. you, George. Glad to have you. Yeah, you too. Okay. Thank you. Good God is created by Dr. George Mason. Produced and directed by Jim White. Social media coordination by Cameron Vickery. Good God. Conversations with George Mason is the podcast devoted to bringing you ideas about God and faith and the common good. All material copyright 2020 by Faith Commons.